0: Welcome to the Fallible Man podcast. Your home for all things, man, husband, and father. My name is Brent and shout out to the Fallible Nation and a warm welcome to all of our first time listeners. Welcome to the nation guys. On today's show, we're sharing eight mind blowing facts. You probably didn't know about being a dad. So let's get into it. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands fathers and still take care of ourselves? That's the question. This podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Now, being a dad is an amazing gift, massive responsibility all at the same time. It's been one of the greatest and most terrifying aspects of my life. There's a lot to learn, a lot to know, and a lot to worry about. Let's face it. Now, let me share a freebie right here at the beginning. Doing everyday tasks in regards to taking care of your children is not, not, let me repeat that, not an accomplishment or even noteworthy. You brought the child into this world, so doing basic things like changing diapers, feeding them, cleaning them, spending regular parenting cycles on them is just part of the gig. Now, that's the freebie, guys. That's not part of the eight, but I just wanted to point that out because there are some men who... For some reason, they think that just normal, everyday parenting is like something spectacular that they're doing. People do it every day. But today I want to share eight mind blowing facts. You probably didn't know about being a dad that go far beyond just fulfilling basic needs. So let's get right to it. Number one, it's not as important as you think it is. No, I'm not talking about being a dad. So you're probably going, well, wait, right off the bat, Brent, what are you thinking? What, what is not as important as we think it is? Because I thought we were talking about being a dad. Well, we are talking about being a dad. But I'll tell you what is not as important as you think it is. And the answer is everything else. We have this really conceited idea as people, not just us men, but of all people, of thinking that everything we do or say is important. That our activities will shake the very foundations of the earth we live on. If we don't do X, Y, and Z, right? This is not the fault of social media alone, but it certainly builds on it for sure. Social media was successful because it played on our conceited egos. We built monuments to ourselves. So the whole world could see just how important and how great we are. Let me help you out with some humble pie that I've had to swallow just as much as anybody else. Even if you change the world drastically, like Mother Teresa, you would be a footnote in less than a day to everyone outside of your immediate circle if you died. Don't worry, bro. I'm talking to me too. At the Mother Teresa level, you get talked about for a couple weeks and in certain circles, maybe a little longer than that. But let me, let me give you another example. Alexander Fleming. Unless you're a history buff or a med student, you probably have no idea who he is. He literally revolutionized medicine and the world because of it. In fact, you should say thank you. He saved your life from early death if you've lived much of a life at all. Now, if you don't know who Alexander Fleming is, look him up. It won't take much of a Google search and you'll find out what I'm talking about. Now I'm not talking about you. Okay. We're not talking about you as an individual, but we're talking about what you're doing. You may be a brain surgeon. You may be saving people's lives every day, but I promise the majority of what you fill your time with is not as important as you think it is. Now I'm telling you, whatever you're doing, whatever is filling your calendar is probably not as important as you think it is. That applies to me too. The earth will not stop spinning if you miss something on your calendar, or if you have to reorganize, reprioritize, or dump a task or two. That applies to me too, guys. I'm not free on this list. We talk about time blocking and using a calendar to optimize your efficiency, your ability to achieve your goals. Just remember, there are things you have to do, but that little face looking up at you, it trumps 99% of it because they're the ones who are gonna notice if you're not there. Number two, quality is four times better than quantity. We are experts these days at being in the same room as other people and being completely alone. It's something I actively have to fight against even in my own home. I see it rear his ugly head every now and then in my living room or at my dining room table. People sitting in the same room oblivious to anyone else. Just look around the restaurant. The next time you go out, okay. The next time you go out, whether it's Burger King or whether it's some nice sit down place, just look around the restaurant and look at how many people are sitting there at a table with their hands on a phone and not talking at all. This is not time with your kids. My daughter taught me this lesson that it's not the same thing. When she was upset that I was checking my email while we were watching a movie. We had seen a dozen times together. You guys I think I've shared this before, but I mean, this is not like. We were watching a new movie or it was, it was even movie night. If you know, around my house, I have a night with my kids. It's just their time. No, this was, I was just sitting in the living room with them. Cause I had some extra time. And I wanted to be with them. We'd seen this movie a dozen plus times. It's one of those, you know, earworms like frozen that your kids watched 9,000 million times. Thanks Disney for that one. Let us know. Let us no, Sorry guys. <laughs> I, I am a parent of a younger kids. So I trust me, Disney. I kind of hate and love you at the same time. And lately hate you a lot more, but it was one of those that we've seen over and over again. Right. So I wasn't really concerned about seeing the movie. I was just sitting with my daughter, but she was staring at me with those beautiful little eyes I was like, what's wrong, baby? She's like, I thought you were watching a movie with me. And I told her, well, I am, honey. I'm right here. She's like, yeah, but you're not watching the movie. It's like, baby, I watched this a dozen times with you. And she reached over and put her little hand on mine with my phone in my hand and pushed my phone down. I said, baby, do I need to put my phone away? She's like, yes, because you're not here with me. Okay. This was a year ago. So she was nine, maybe eight. Guys, it rocked my world. And I'm telling you, is not time with your kids if you've got something in your hands. I would love to spend more time with my kids. I mean, absolutely. But as a full-time employee and a small business owner, my time gets pretty stretched. So the focus for me is about quality time. Now, you may have a very different life than me, but I know you're busy too. We pride ourselves as busy people these days. It means we're doing important things or accomplishing big important things. No, not really. That's, that's just something we tell ourselves. And that's something that everybody tries to to tell us, right? Important people are busy people. That's a bunch of crap. It's not, it's what we're taught. So with your busy schedule, I know it's busy, regardless if you're actually busy or if you're perceived busy, focus on quality time with your kids. Being in the same room, doing other things, not count as time with your kids. And it doesn't count in their eyes. 10 minutes of quality, fully focused, fully present time is four times more than one hour of you touching your phone while you are doing something with them. Phones have become one of the greatest threats to time with your kids because it's taken work and other distractions, put it readily available at your hands. I work in YouTube and other social medias guys. I'm, I'm constantly touching my phone and I hate it because I know that I can't get away from my work. There's no, no excuse. If I don't plan to take time to do something else, there's no excuse. It follows me and that invades life. It invades your time with your family and your kids notice be present, be focused, be with them and not doing something else. A few minutes of that every day is far, far, far more valuable than a couple hours of sitting around touching your phone while they're playing in the room. I promise you guys, the same goes for your personal relationships, whether that's a boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage, relationship, your friends, the same works right there, guys. Quality is not quality. If you're touching other stuff, you're not focused on them. Number three, you can't fool your kids when it matters. Now we all tell the little, little white lies. If you have a kid sitting with you, plug their ears for a minute. We all tell the Santa tale. We all tell the tooth fairy thing, right? We all tell those fun little white lies that make childhood a little more interesting. But when it comes to things that matter, you've got to stop pretending or lying to your kids. They have x-ray vision tuned to see through the bullshit. That's the only way I know how to say it. Cause that's what it is. They have x-ray vision tuned specifically to see through that. I don't know. It's like a superpower they're given when they're born and eventually that just wears off, but the only people you're fooling is yourself and some willfully ignorant friends who are, you know, humoring you. Kids see and hear everything. You can try and pretend they don't, but you're only lying to yourself. 80% of communication is nonverbal. That percentage is debated among experts. Some say more than that. Some say a little less than that, but average out about 80% of communication is nonverbal. They can literally feel tension, stress, and anxiety in the air around them. Likewise, they can also feel joy, happiness, sadness, and everything else. They pick up all of that without you ever saying it. Instead of trying to fool your kids are pretend everything is perfect. Take the opportunity to let them know what is going on now age appropriately. Of course, right. There are some things we aren't talking about in front of kids at certain ages, but kids get scared when they can feel something is happening and they're left in the dark, you don't have to give them the whole picture, but you might need to clue them in on a lot of things that we tend to not tell them about, but then exercise healthy choices on how to deal with each situation show them how to handle good and bad, easy and difficult. They're going to learn all that from you anyways. Okay. Regardless of whether you like it or not, or if you're actively trying to show them, they're going to learn how to deal with every situation from watching you. You are the example. It's better to actually take an active approach with the awareness that they are observing and inviting them to be a part of it. It will actually force you to handle the situation in a better way if you are consciously aware that they will handle their future situations in the same way they observe you doing so. You can see it as an added stress or you can see it as an opportunity to be the parent that you're meant to be. It's your job to equip them And to show them exactly how to handle their emotions, various situations that come in life, conflict, discussion, debate, ups, downs, good times, bad times. It's our job as parents to teach them that, and you aren't hiding anything from them. They know something is going on, even if they don't know the details. So take the opportunity to teach them. Make a teachable moment out of it and teach them how to handle these incredible situations that are just part of life. They're not going to escape it. They're going to have to deal with those. And so if you take the time to teach them how to deal with it in a positive way, it will take some of the stress off you of trying to hide it from them ineffectively, and it will take stress off them of being in the dark and it will help them going forward in their life. Guys, it's a win, win, win for everybody involved. Number four, memories rarely include a screen. Now I'm going to contradict myself right here. I have a lot of memories and a few of them include watching Rambo with my dad and a couple other movies. The truth is my dad and I loved watching movies together as I do with my kids. However, my memories are not the movies so much as the time I spent with my dad, laughing, eating popcorn, which was a real treat. We didn't that, do that very often or ice cream. Cause that was my dad's go to. So we had a lot of ice cream and just being with him, no work, no other distractions, just hanging out with my dad. That's why those movies were important to me. Cell phones weren't a thing for most of my childhood. In fact, I was. 19 when cell phones became commonplace or started becoming commonplace the modern cell phone before that it was bag phones and generally only business people had those but we had a house phone and my dad was a preacher that means the phone rang a lot preachers get a lot of phone calls you've got a whole church full of people who want you to intervene and intercede on their problems and their difficulties in some kind of way whether it's guidance or advice or prayers That's fine. That's what he signed up for, but it rang a lot, but my dad always tried to stay focused on us when we were doing something together, when we were watching a movie together, we were talking about it. We were together presently, physically, we were laughing throughout the movie. Uh, I get in a lot of trouble problems with other people because my wife and I both have a habit of talking all the way through a movie. We, we make all kinds of snide remarks and joke about it and tease about it all the way through the movie. It It's can be really annoying to watch a movie with us. I got to admit, and now my children do it too. And so it was hilarious because now I'm getting annoyed by them talking through the movie. And it's like, they learned that from me. Okay. But it wasn't just the movies guys. I told you it was about us being together and laughing and talking. It was magical, but. We had a lot of other outings when I was younger. My dad loved to explore. So we'd go parks, beaches, forests, creeks, lakes, you name it. My dad just loved to go out and go. And there was frequently a meal involved with that. That might be breakfast at McDonald's or that might be something at the gas station. And there was almost always ice cream. I tell you ice cream was my dad's thing. So there was always ice cream, which was one of the best reasons to go, right? But later in life, okay, let's jump to the other end of that. That's when I was a kid. But I'm at a point in my life where I can look at it from both sides. ends now of my dad's life later in life in my dad's last year of life. Actually, he was living with us and my mom and there was coffee on the back porch when I would get home from work. My wife is really good about making sure that there's coffee ready when I get home from work, cause I'm going to drink coffee when I get home. My dad was never a coffee guy. He's a one cups max social coffee drinker. He only drinks coffee when he's out visiting with somebody. And you guys know that I'm a coffee person. If you've ever listened to my podcast before, if not, dude, I'm a coffee nut. I drink coffee from the time I get up till the time I go to bed. I have a cup sitting right here next to me as I'm recording this, but it was the conversation around the table that my dad wanted. And the memory is us sitting on my back porch, sipping coffee, talking about his day, talking about my day, talking about things we got coming up and just really having a conversation. In the middle there's a lot of family visiting around the table in my family we are a family that will sit around the way i grew up we would have breakfast together for big family events or something for christmas and then we'll stay at the kitchen table most of the rest of the day we'll play board games we'll play card games we'll play dominoes drink iced tea drink coffee and visit and laugh and go for hours like no kidding. It will, we'll play all the way until we have to stop and we'll help everybody. will help get ready for lunch. We'll have lunch and we'll go right back to playing until dinner time. Um, it was hilarious watching my nieces grow up through it because when they were younger, it was frustrating to them. And then I watched them grow into adulthood and start to enjoy doing those things with us as well. But those are memories, right? Memories don't usually involve screens. Memories are about people, time and events. They're compounded by smells, taste, and sound experienced during that time period with the people and the event. Now, the event doesn't have to be significant. You don't have to go to Disneyland or on a massive vacation every day. However, try going for a walk and talking about things with your kids. It's especially potent if you live in a place where there's a strong smell in the area, like fresh grass cut, or you live by a plant that produces something and puts off a smell. We live close to a potato plant. We also live by a lot of farming fields. So there's some really yucky smells, but try going on a walk and talking, try a new kind of ice cream or food together without other things going on a new experience, do something silly, do something simple. Right before I started recording this episode, guys, I had been working on this stuff all day. I've been busy all day. I've been on my feet all day my, I always stand up when I do my podcast. i have a standing desk, my feet were starting to hurt. And so I finished writing the podcast and went, you know what? I'm really busy and I have a lot to get done and I'm going to be working late into the night because I was so busy today, but I stopped and I jumped in the above ground pool. I bought my kids from Walmart this year for about 40 minutes with my daughters and just played in the ice cold water and had a good time with them for about 40, 45 minutes. Those are things my kids will do remember because I stopped and had an experience with them. We did something physical. We laughed, we, they giggled, we played, I threw them in the water. Those are memories. Those are things that sink in. My phone was nowhere to be seen. It was great. Your child will remember, not our sorry, your child will not remember every movie you ever watched with them. They will be reminded by the smell and taste of popcorn, of sitting and laughing at some stupid comedy together or throwing popcorn at each other. It is a simple memory compared to the ones without screens, but it masquerades as something bigger because it combines the essential elements for a lot of people that create memories. I watched The Last Witch Hunter the other day. Not with my kids. They're not old enough for that one yet. The main character, if you haven't seen it, is doomed to immortality by a witch he killed. And he hunts witches for some hidden order of the church, right? Some, I have no idea where it came from. It had Vin Diesel in it or whatever. But the main character at one point chastises this young witch during the opening scenes of the film for carelessly letting three runes touch. And the three elemental runes are like three little rocks, right? Are harmless separately, but when they touch its devastating power, like it causes massive storms. Well, just like the movie, three separate elements create powerful memories, quality time between two or more people, a new adventure, small or large guys, like I said. Tasting a new funky ice cream together will create a distinctive memory and a distinctive taste or smell to help compound that. Because when you add more senses to what you're doing, it has a more powerful memory. In fact, olfactory sense triggered memories are one of the most powerful memories. That's why there are certain things you smell and automatically go somewhere good in your head. Fishing has been one for me and my oldest, I absolutely hate fishing, but we go to this amazing little fishing pond that's just for kids and it smells like a pond and we're out in the sun and she's laughing and fishing and we're talking together and my cell phone is tucked away and it's just us and some quality time and she loves to fish and is so excited when she gets one. So it creates this really powerful memory for us. Now guys, screens just don't equal out the same way. I know they engage a lot of senses, but they really don't create the same kind of memories. And I promise you, they're not gonna create the kind of memories that you wanna have with your kids. Now guys, we're gonna roll to our sponsor real quick right here, and we'll be right back in just a minute. I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at shop and buy our Inhuman Trafficking merchandise and all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to saving innocence men. It is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. All right, guys, we're back and we're here discussing eight mind blowing facts you probably didn't know about being a dad. Now we've already gone through one through four. So if you missed the first half of the show, be sure to backtrack, catch the first half of the show, let us know what you think of that. Tell us in the comment sections or ping us on social media. Let us know what you thought about this. If you're watching it somewhere, you can comment and Hey guys, be sure and leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts that helps us out a great deal to keep making shows like this. So if you've got any value out of it, please, please take care of us and help us keep making this show. Number five guys, you decide what their relationships will be like. I cannot overemphasize this enough. How you treat their mom is the greatest single indicator of how your child's future relationship will go. Dads, if you want your son to treat his girlfriend or his future wife, right. then treat his mother, like a queen. If you don't want your daughters getting knocked up by some piece of crap, little boy, you don't want her having abusive men in her life. Treat her mom like a queen. I get it for some of you, this will be a really difficult place to tread. Your relationship might already be damaged or already over in some instances, but is it really I don't doubt that it's damaged, but is it really over? Do you still have to interact with their mother? Does she still get brought up in your home because your kids are there and and they see her part of the time too? Do you have shared custody or partial custody? Well, if so, then this advice still holds true because she's still there. I'm not asking for you to pretend she's perfect or without fault. I don't know your situation, but what I do know is you still choose how you act and talk about her regardless of what she's like. We're really big into personal responsibility and extreme ownership on this podcast. We talk about it a lot, and this is exactly where that applies. I, I won't make any judgment on your relationship. It could be both of your fault. She could be a horrible human being. I don't know, Or maybe both of you screwed up and wrecked your marriage. But what I do know is this, your kids are involved. And both of you are still involved. So this advice holds true, even though it sucks, you have to take ownership here because no matter what she's like, you control how you talk and how you act. Now this advice may suck a lot for you, but it's still true. And the price is your children's future relationships. You will set the standard for your sons and daughters about what is acceptable and how a relationship works or doesn't work. I don't care if you hate your ex, tread carefully and speak with kindness, forgiveness, and compassion, especially if it's not warranted. Don't let your mistakes and or hers ruin the lives of your children. Stop the cycle. End it before it happens. You can be polite, civil, and decent to anyone. Guys, I know this because I've worked with some people that trust me, it was difficult. To be civil, polite, are decent. But you can be polite, civil, and decent to anybody, including your ex. And your kids will see it and they'll process it. Let them be the judge of your actions by the life they will have going forward. Because you are kind and forgiving and compassionate and gentle, even when someone doesn't deserve it. They're gonna know it, they're gonna see it, and it's gonna affect their relationships. But how you treat their mom, whether you're together or not, will have a devastatingly powerful impact on their marriage going forward in their life, guys. All of their relationships will be gauged based on what you guys did. So please, please, please pay attention to that. Number six. And I got to tread lightly on this one. Your kids don't need stuff. They need your undivided attention. Now, guys, growing up, we did not have a lot of extra money in my family. We had everything we needed, but there was not a lot of extra to buy shiny things. I wore a lot of sweatpants, a lot of Payless shoes. We weren't poor by anyone's standard, except for the American greed standard. I couldn't buy the newest shoes, the newest Jordans or the silver tap jeans. I didn't wear Mossimo or anything like that. That was a brand. If I'm going over your head there, I was always envious of my friends that had shiny stuff. And I always felt like I was poor, even though I didn't want for anything I actually needed. Wasn't my parents' fault. Wasn't it a big issue? I was provided for. Trust me, if you see me now, I haven't missed Mills. I was a chunky little kid guys. I ate well, I never wanted for anything I actually needed. There just wasn't a lot of fancy stuff. Consequently, that has turned into a psychological issue of an unhealthy relationship with money. I have to fight with every day of my life. I don't have the healthiest outlook on money because I perceived emotionally how I felt being poor, even though I wasn't actually poor. I know a lot of people who struggled to have decent food in their house or to eat at all sometimes. So I wasn't anywhere near poor, but I had a bad attitude and went, Oh, woe was me? My friends got the newest, you know, air Jordans and I'm wearing crappy $10 shoes. It was just envy guys, but it set me back in my brain. And so I've had to fight with an unhealthy relationship with money. I want to buy my kids stuff. We could afford that we couldn't afford growing up, even when they don't need it, when it doesn't serve a purpose or even though their actual every need is being provided for. And I'm blessed to be able to provide for my kids more than just their basic needs. We're not rich by any means, but I get to do special little things here and there. So I think I'm doing really well and I've been able to provide for my kids a great life so far. But I want to buy more stuff than that for them. I see all the fancy shinies and I want to buy it for them because I knew that's something I couldn't do as a kid. But it puts me in a really bad situation because I still want to splurge and spend money that's not reasonable or not in our budget. We keep a really good budget. My wife is amazing. She's a bookkeeper. She's amazing at budgeting and always keeps our money in the right way. And we pay our bills fine and pay, have plenty of food to take care of our groceries and we still get to do some stuff. My wife does an amazing job with our budget until usually I screw it up because I want to buy something silly that I don't actually need or possibly don't even really need. So guys, this is as much for me as it is for anyone else. Your kids don't need more stuff. They don't need the newest iPad. They don't need the newest shoes. They don't have to have all the luxuries. They don't need a new wardrobe when there's nothing wrong with the clothes they have. They're going to spend enough money buying clothes because they're going to outgrow them fast anyway. We have an excess mindset. We feel like we're judged by our kids, our family, our friends, and the world at large. Our kids don't have the newest $200, $250 shoe. Why in the world would you buy a kid a $200 shoe that they're going to outgrow in four months? I finally get it, Dad, by the way. That's a nod to my dad. I finally get it. He told me he'd buy me more expensive shoes when my feet stopped growing because guys, I would tear through shoes in four months or less because I was just growing so fast. I just blew right through them. I I get it now. It it took a lot of years, but I'm a little slow. I'm a little thick here, but I get it. Why would you spend ridiculous amounts of money on expensive shoes? They're going to outgrow in four months, but I see people do it all the time. You can't buy your kids love. And you don't need to, they love you. You're their parents. It's a crazy thing that how way God planned that. And yes, I'm going to say that the way God designed it, your kids like you. I don't know why I don't like, you No, just kidding. I like you just fine, but you know, they're going to love you, whether you buy them fancy stuff or not, you can't buy love for kids. And if you have kids, you know, that a lot of times when they're younger, they have more fun with the boxes than the wrapping papers. It's like having cats. My kids are twice as interested in big boxes as they are in the toys. I put in the big boxes or the stuff I gave them, what they need, what they really crave is your direct purposeful present undivided attention. You playing in that big refrigerator box with them for five to 10 minutes of quality time is a hundred times more valuable than any iPad. Sorry, Apple. It's just a fact iPads, they're great, but 10 minutes of quality time, building fort boxes, forts out of boxes with your kids, super more valuable than anything you could put in that box. I promise your kids need you not new stuff. Number seven, you are what gives them confidence. That's right. Can I say that again? I want you to hear this. You, dad, are what gives them confidence. Now, both parents play unique roles in the lives of their children. It's why it takes two to make one, and it's designed to have two to raise one. Mothers are amazing, but so are fathers, and they each bring their own unique roles and gifts to children. A mother's embrace gives comfort and healing at an emotional level, even actually at a physical level, there, there's actually proof that it triggers healing in your body to have that comforting embrace from your mother. It's crazy. A father's embrace gives confidence and courage to try again. A mother believes in you always. A father empowers you with their belief in you. If you want to raise your child with car confidence and courage, your belief in them is crucial. You are what gives them the confidence, how you believe in them. The fact that you believe in them growing up and you encourage them and you empower them, the courage you give them to try and try again, it will stick with them for the rest of their lives. Now, I'm not going to go super deep into this one because I'm not a brain guy. I can't explain how or why it works. Only that it does. Maybe one day my friend Dr. Heim will be able to explain this to me and how it works. He is a psychiatrist and a brilliant dude and he understands all the brain stuff that I will never understand. And so I'll have to try and ask him. Maybe one day he will be able to explain to me why this is factual, but what I can tell you after 20 plus years of working with children is that it is factual. Dad, you are the ones who give your children courage and confidence that carries them through the rest of their life. And it is crucial for you to do so if you want them to live the life that they want to live. Number eight, you create their priorities. The priorities are going to carry with them for the rest of their lives. You are instrumental in creating those priorities. Now, if you're not religious, then just stick with my example for a second for a point of reference, because I, I try and talk about what I do know statistically. The single greatest factor on whether someone goes to church or not as an adult, regardless of what they did as a child, is this if the father attended church and made it a priority. Personal belief in God has actually less bearing on whether a person attends church as, as an adult than if their father made it a priority and actively attended church. I mentioned earlier, 80% of communication is nonverbal. Your child sees what you think is important by how you spend your time, energy, and money. Children have a much higher chance of success with their own health, like diet and exercise wise, if a father prioritizes his health in their life. If they see that's important to you, if they see taking care of yourself, Maintaining a healthy weight, maintaining a healthy diet, maintaining exercise is important to you. It will be important to them. If you prioritize them and their mother, your children will as well later on in their lives. If you prioritize climbing the corporate ladder over family, your children are likely to do so as well. They are more likely to fall into that same rut. Your kids, grandkids, and great ki- grandkids will follow the lead that you create in your life because you're already following somebody else's lead. You're following, following, <laughs> you're following your father's lead, whether you know it or not. He set an example for you. He set your priorities by the way he left his lo- lived his life. Now, if he did so badly, you have the opportunity to change that if you consciously realize this. But your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids are going to follow the lead that you set. It takes generations most of the time to change how that actually breaks down because somebody has to go, wait, I'm following an example that didn't work. I want to make a change and I have to do it actively now and I have to actively choose to change. As you are scheduling your life, consider that you are filling in their schedules 25 years from now. Decide what is important for your life. What you believe is truly important. Prioritize those things. It may require that you make some really big changes in your own life. When you really decide what you think is true or what you think is important. To prioritize that may require some personal change on your part. No matter how hard your child tries to not become you, you will shape their world forever and they will still end up a lot like you. So if you aren't good with that mini me scenario, if you look at that and think "Ah, mini me, wait, I don't really want them to copy this. I really don't want them to pick up this habit. Oh, I want to be better about this than I was. Well, what that means. their lives is that it's time for you to reevaluate your life. Maybe you need to do some growing. Maybe you don't like what you see when you realize that they're going to do exactly what you did. They're going to pick your same priorities. They're going to go down the same pathways you do. They're going to treat their families the same way you do. If that's not a good picture for you, then it's time that you pick up and make your own changes. And start changing that scenario for them and for your grandkids and for your great grandkids. And if that's something you're interested in, we're here to walk with you because that's what we're all about here at The Fallible Man. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you on the next one. This has been The Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.